What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Water's Edge worship experience once again. Thank you so very much for tuning in today and hanging out with us. For those of you that continue to like and share these messages with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people that are tuning in from all over the place and we hope it's very, very helpful. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online by giving, thank you so much for worshiping with us through your generosity. And for our new givers that are meeting our $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. That allows us to help more people, love more people, serve more people, and feed more people. Our next food pantry is going to be at the end of February, and we expect to feed about 2,000 people on that day. So when you worship with us through giving and generosity, not only does that honor God, but it also helps us bless our hurting community. Thank you so very, very much for doing that. Okay, so today we finally finish up with our current series entitled The Elephant Room. And in this series over the past few weeks, this is what we've been doing. We've been taking subjects that most people normally don't talk about it, and especially most churches normally don't talk about it. And in this series, we've stopped avoiding these issues and we're talking about it. And so today, we finally finish up again with another subject that's uncomfortable. But like we always do, we turn it around into something encouraging because God is love. Last week, we talked about this, how there will come a day in our life and how we need to be prepared for those days. We will have days of pain in our life. And sometimes those days of pain in our life will absolutely devastate us. But if we have a growing and thriving foundation in our life of loving God with everything that we have, our heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbor as ourself. Everything in the word of God is summed up with those two commandments. Love God with all of your heart and love people. And so if we have a constant growing foundation of loving God and loving people, then Jesus says we will have storms in our life. The wind will blow. The storms will rage. But we will recover and we will stand back up again and we will have days of peace after we've had days of pain once we stand back up again. And speaking of storms, we have this small little tree right in front of my house downtown. It was a part of the landscaping. It was a cool little tree. But when Hurricane Laura came through town, it blew that little tree right over and just laid it flat on the ground. And to be honest with you, I left it there flat on the ground because there were so many other trees that I needed to worry about after Hurricane Laura. We had so many trees from our neighborhood that was blocking our driveway. We couldn't get my father-in-law's vehicle out of the driveway. We had trees up against our house that was blocking our door. We couldn't get in our side door. We couldn't get in our back door. We had trees everywhere. And so our little landscaping tree in the front of our house that was blown over completely flat on the ground, I just kind of left it there. But guess what? A month and a half later, Hurricane Delta rolled through and we evacuated to Houston. And once everything was over, we came back and that tree was standing straight up again and it was replanted in the ground. But I didn't fix that tree and I didn't hire a landscaping company to fix that tree. Guess who fixed that tree? Hurricane Delta fixed that tree. The other hurricane. Hurricane Laura, the first storm, devastated it, knocked it down, flattened it, pulled it up from the ground by its roots. And then another storm came through. Hurricane Delta picked the tree back up again and replanted it in the ground to where it's standing straight back up again. And so that's awesome. The first storm devastated it. 
But the second storm made it even stronger. And when it was over, put it right back in its place, standing tall again. Let me say that again. The first storm devastated it. But the second storm, after it was over, made it strong again and put it right back in its place. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Stand back up again. Stand firm. We all have storms in our life. Sometimes those storms will crush us and devastate us. Sometimes those storms will make us stronger. And so we put on God's armor to stand back up again and to stand firm. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 13 through 14. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Stand back up again. Stand firm. Stand your ground. Now, sometimes that takes different resolves for different circumstances and different seasons in our life. Sometimes going through the uncomfortable but necessary storm of rehab can help you stand back up again. Sometimes going through the uncomfortable but necessary storm of therapy can help you stand back up again. Sometimes going through the uncomfortable but necessary storm of relocating your life and being on your own can help you be strong and stand back up again and stand firm. Sometimes the uncomfortable but necessary storm of starting all over again and making things right with other people in your, in your life that you have hurt can help you stand firm and stand back up again. Sometimes the uncomfortable but necessary storm of making your way back to God and a personal faith and helping someone else out in this life because they're devastated or accountability in your life can help you stand back up again and it can help you stand Firm. Sometimes we go through very, very uncomfortable storms, but they're necessary to make us strong again. First Peter 1 6, he says this, so be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Peter says that you must endure many trials, many storms. It's a must. It's necessary. In fact, most older translations say storms and trials are necessary for our life, necessary to regrow and produce the endurance, the perseverance, the character, the strength, the resolve, and the belief and the faith to stand firm and stand back up again. It's just that sometimes this is uncomfortable to think about and to talk about, like an elephant in the room. The reality that sometimes it's necessary for you and I to go through storms in this life, uncomfortable storms in this life to recover and to stand back up again. And sometimes that uncomfortable storm is also this. And remember this today, because this is the uncomfortable subject that can, we, can, we can turn around that will encourage us. Notice this. It's actually forgiving yourself. Something has happened. Maybe you've forgiven others. Maybe other people have forgiven you. And you needed that forgiveness because of the pain that you have caused and everything that was going on, the storms, maybe that you have created. But that forgiveness didn't help you stand all the way back up again. So maybe now it's time for you to forgive yourself. I've told you several times before that several years ago, I went through a dark time in my faith of doubting myself. 
I wasn't necessarily doubting God or the existence of God or the love of God or the reality of Jesus. I was doubting my heart. I was doubting my sincerity. I was doubting my motives. I had this overwhelming sense in my life that I needed to be more sincere and more authentic. But deep down, I was doubting if I could ever get it right because of everything that I felt like I had messed up in my life. And so one night I was driving home from church and I was crying out to God. I couldn't feel God. I couldn't feel his presence. I couldn't feel his love. I was crying out to him just to, just to feel God's love, just to know that he was there. And as I'm praying, I feel like God spoke to my heart and said, Tony, you believe in me. And you trust me to be everything else but your lover and your forgiver. You believe that I'm your master. You believe that I'm your king. You believe that I'm your judge. You believe that I'm God. You believe that I'm all-knowing and I'm all-powerful. You believe that I can do anything in your life, but you still have a hard time believing that I can actually forgive you and love you. And I had to come to that place where I had to accept that God was not only my master, my judge, and my king, but the lover of my soul, a good father who's always, always willing to forgive. He's also my forgiver. And why not? We know about the price that he paid to provide for it. We know about the pain of the cross. We know about the pain of the whipping. We know about the pain of the torture. We know about the pain of the arrest. We know about the pain of the betrayals. We know about the pain of the denials. We know about all the pain Jesus went through on the cross to provide forgiveness. And if a holy God can forgive you, then why can't we forgive ourselves? Jesus even cried out in his pain from the cross, Father, forgive everybody. They don't know what they're doing. God is our lover and forgiver, but he's also holy, completely holy. And if a holy God who's completely holy can forgive you, then we need to forgive ourselves. Psalms 86.5, notice this today. Oh Lord, you're good and you're so ready to forgive and you're so full of unfailing love for all who ask for help. So ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love. Once a holy God forgives you, how dare us not forgive ourselves? And maybe that's the uncomfortable storm that's next for you, but it's also necessary for you to stand back up again and be strong. Maybe we need to do the uncomfortable work of why we need forgiveness, why we need to forgive ourselves, what we did to let us up to that point and the circumstances that brought us to this place of doing something that we know we need forgiveness over and we need to forgive ourselves over because again, God is so ready to forgive and he's so full of unfailing love. And has your heart ever been broken? So many things can break our heart. Tragedy, personal failure, circumstances, loss, storms, people lying to you, lying about you, 
what other people have done in your life can break your heart. And we've talked about this before. We've talked about how to heal from a broken heart. When your heart is broken by this world or by people in this world, it creates voids in your life. It creates voids in your heart. And in order to recover from heartbreak, we have to work on filling those holes in our heart and filling those voids in our life. And studies tell us and realities tell us that if we never work on filling those voids that heartbreak leaves in our life, then we will never heal. But sometimes the first step is feeling those voids that heartbreak left in your life with God's love and God's grace and God's forgiveness and God's compassion and God's forgiveness and God's forgiveness and God's purpose for your life. But here's an uncomfortable thought. Here's an elephant room discussion for us. What steps do we need to take when it was you that broke someone else's heart? And so sometimes we've talked about the steps that we need to take when someone else has broken our heart. But what steps do you need to take if you have hurt someone else? What steps do you need to take if you've broken someone else's heart? We all love to run to church and run to therapy and run to classes to learn how to recover when someone else breaks our heart. We love to focus on how the world and how other people have broken our heart and what steps we need to take when someone else breaks our heart. But what steps do you need to take when you break someone else's heart? What steps do you need to take when it was you that caused the pain, hurt, confusion, and heartache? Because honestly, if it was you that caused the pain, then just forgiving yourself is not enough. Coming to a place where you finally forgive yourself is not enough. That won't help you stand back up again. So if it was you that caused the voids in someone else's life because you hurt them, if it was you that caused the loneliness and the devastation in someone else's life because you hurt them, then what steps should you take? The uncomfortable but necessary steps so healing can be brought to everyone. So healing cannot just be brought to you. So healing can be brought to everyone. We all mess up as humans and we all know that, but we can't stop there because we can't ever get past guilt if we don't first acknowledge it and then second, own up to it. You can't get past shame and guilt unless you acknowledge it and own up to it. So the question becomes, what are the steps that we need to take? Swimming around in your guilt just to punish yourself will not give you peace to stand back up again. But on the other hand, taking these steps after you've hurt someone will. The first step is this and notice this. Acknowledge what you did. Ignoring it won't help. Putting your head in the sand won't help. The first step to dealing with it is owning up to it. All you're doing, if you refuse to acknowledge it, is covering up the hurt, but the heart still remains. If you refuse to acknowledge what you did, it's like you have an open wound on your foot and you put a shoe over it. You're covering up the hurt, but the hurt is still there. This makes healing impossible, so don't ignore it. Acknowledge it. The next, next thing is this, number two, seek forgiveness. And this is the uncomfortable part, but non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. You must seek forgiveness from the people that you have hurt. When feeling guilt after hurting someone, apologize immediately 
and unconditionally. Apologize unconditionally. Never try to justify your actions. Admitting that the other person has the right to be devastated by you will not only help you heal, but it'll help them heal too. And that's the most important thing. None of this fixes everything, but it does show the other person that you have remorse over what you've done and that will help them accept it and heal. Because without that, without that, without remorse, and acknowledging it and owning up to it, you are toxic without that. Sometimes taking responsibility means that you have to verbally take responsibility. Next is this and notice this. Forgive yourself regardless. Forgive yourself regardless. Learning to forgive yourself is central to overcoming guilt. And this does not mean making light of it. It means taking responsibility and allowing yourself to express remorse and then move on. Once you've done that, you can forgive yourself and move on. Learning to forgive yourself is so crucial. Next is this, commit yourself to making amends. Forgiveness doesn't come immediately after an apology. It's a process. Forgiveness has to have a process. And so you have to show them remorse and that has to be seen. But the victim that you've hurt has to have time to process the apology before things can be made right. And so remember this today and notice this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. You only prove the sincerity of an apology by trying to make things right. And if you're actively trying to make things right, then you can get unstuck from your guilt. And then the last thing is this, and notice this today. Learn from your mistakes. Now that you know what you did to bring devastation to someone else's life, you need to self-evaluate, understand what led you to it, understand what led you to make this decision, understand what led you to do this to them. And we do this by asking some very uncomfortable elephant in the room questions. Like this, what led to this? How would I respond now if I found myself in a similar situation? And is this behavior something I can change going forward? Being honest with yourself about this can help us learn. But that's the great thing about God's love. With God's love, we don't lose. We learn. Here's an uncomfortable thought. Guilt is not always your enemy. Guilt is not always your enemy. It can lead to shame, paranoia, anxiety, and depression. But if you deal with it correctly, it could also lead you to make amends and avoid those dangerous patterns in the future, and it can help you make things right. The feeling of guilt can be horrible. It's a place none of us want to live, but things happen. And when they do, this is how we can recover. One of the first steps is doing actually the hard work of believing that God is your lover and your forgiver and then working on forgiving yourself. But why should you? Because God will always love you. And God will always be your forgiver, and he's never going to let you go. So if the storm of guilt has knocked you over, then let the storm of forgiveness pick you back up again. Why? Because again, with God's love, we don't lose, we learn. With God's love, we don't lose with storms, we learn. With God's love, we don't lose with mistakes, we learn. With God's love, we don't lose the shame, we learn. With God's love, we don't lose with heartache, we learn. With God's love, we don't lose with guilt, we learn. With God's love, we don't lose with taking 10 steps back, we learn. With God's love, we don't lose, we learn. God forgives you 
So now let's go out and do the hard work and forgive ourselves. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Also, for those of you that are ready to come back live and in person, we are wide open 930 and 1115 in person. We would love to see you there. We cannot wait to see you back next week. We love you all.